0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play Show, where today we got Zell, we got Leo. We're going to be looking forward into what's coming up in the division round. We're going to take a look back on what was an absolutely magical wild card round. We're going to break it down for you. We're going to talk about what to expect upcoming. We're going to look back at how we bet. And let's go ahead and just jump right into it.
1: Little tone, flow sinister. I'm a finisher. Many men gonna need ministers. i made men In them. Enemies, I'm the enema. I'm a shit on them. Just like my keys drop my genitals. On a dental work, my thoughts are keep confidential. It's consequential. Philosophies unidentical. identical. I'm not in here. My siamese brother Benjamin. That's how I stick to him. These diamond bees all be I call him biblical. Skating underneath a bridge. Stay hustling as it is. Make. All right. First
0: game of the weekend. I think we can all, all start there. Uh, they gave the Raiders the absolute shaft. We talked about that. Raiders first game up. Um, they take on the Bengals. Ends close as shit down at the goal line 1926. Leo, you were watching this game because you are most likely going to get the opponent of this game. What were your thoughts?
2: Man, my thoughts are fuck Derek Carr are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I had a delicious parlay. Yeah. That that really would have netted me some nice cash. All Derek Carr needed to do was throw that bitch into the end zone one more time. And so on that last drive, when they're sitting there on the eight-yard line or wherever they are, and Derek Carr has four chances to get it into the end zone, I'm sitting there thinking, like, it's good money. It's got to be good money. You got four chances from the eight. It's got to happen. And then on that last pass, man, I see Derek Carr, he throws it to the end zone. I jump off the couch in premature celebration only to see the Bengals linebacker catch that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it broke my heart, but it's really my fault for betting on Derek Carr. I haven't believed in him oh, all yeah. season, and for some reason I took him over one and a half touchdowns, so that's on me. But about the game, I mean, I expected the Bengals to win. I expected the Bengals to be the Titans' opponent, yeah.
0: and that's exactly what I got. So,
2: yeah, I, I wasn't too shocked. I, I was a little surprised that they let the
0: Raiders back in, though zell what do you think you have any money on this game i did not
3: have any money on this game but i'm not surprised at Derek Carr. like matter of fact on that last play he threw it short of the end zone. yeah, yeah. like bro yep. <laughs> you threw it short of where you needed to get it to be like even if the whoever it was caught it they would have been short tackled short like bro like i honestly they did get screwed earlier in the game on that uh Joe oh, Burrow. Yeah. yeah that Joe Burrow TD pass to Tyler Boyd like you mm. yeah, they got super fucked. yeah man I, that was rough but hey um nothing they could do about it now I was rocking with the Bengals all year they held me down I pick them to win this game so I am not surprised by the outcome
0: yeah I gotta say first the refs what a fucking terrible job it wasn't just that timeout. they were bad all day and they really you know I put this tweet out I they, they, they do a good job of telling you where the public money is, right? They go, hey, uh, we got X amount of money, 75% of the money's coming in on the Bengals today. But what I really want to know is where the Zebras have their money. I think that is what we need. We need the transparency to know where the refs have their money. Because you can, you can no longer watch these football games and not have the thought, how much money do they have on these games? Like, we're past that. Now they're just pretending that we're stupid. Like, that's where they're at. The money's obviously on these games. Every single call went against the Raiders. They blew that whistle. They blew that whistle. And everyone knows they blew that whistle. And they still call the touchdown. I I mean, you have all these refs on the field that you pay a lot of good money to. And the guy who blows his whistle isn't even looking where the ball is. Like, he's not watching the play. He's like, no, I I blew the whistle after after the guy caught the ball. Based on what? You saw Joe Burrow step out of bounds, or you thought you did, which also horribly wrong. You blow the whistle at that moment, and then you think that the ball teleported at the same time into the guy's hands? It's just some crazy shit that they're trying to get away with nowadays. Uh, They said that Jermaine Boger's crew will no longer ref uh, any playoff game going forward. I mean, no shit. Take the guy's whistle away entirely. The guy's going to be back refing games next year. Get that the guy the fuck out of there. Well, I'd like to know who he bets on. That's what I want to know. Uh, my big, I take felt when, like yeah, that crazy, was an right?
2: overarching theme for like the whole weekend. Honestly, like every game I watched, I kind of felt like. And correct me if well, maybe not correct me if I'm wrong, but I want you guys' take on this. I'm used to the NBA. Right. And in the NBA, once you get to the playoffs, you see the refs start to swallow the whistle a little more, let yep. them play a little bit more just for the flow of the game. You know, whatever the reason may be, once you get to play off basketball, the refs kind of take a little bit of a seat back in most cases and say, OK, we're we're going to let them play. We're going to look past some of the shit that we see uh, and just let it go for the flow of the game's sake. but. In almost every game, it's just flag after, flag after flag after flag after flag, and I understand that you gotta call the call the flags the way you see them. But God damn, I'm not trying to see flag after flag after flag after flag like that. That ruins the flow to me. Like I, I get bored watching the refs throw flags on every drive, basically.
3: Right. Uh, like, yeah. Who wants to watch continuous stoppage in a game, especially come playoff time, and? You're right, Leo, like, you know, come NBA playoffs, the refs are letting them boys play. Uh, They're holding their whistles more often, letting them get more physical. And honestly, that's what you wanna see in football too. Football's a physical sport, it's a physical game. Um, You obviously, if it's a helmet to helmet or something like that, then fine. But you know, if they're jostling for position, middle of the field, over the field, whatever, um, you want them to hold their whistles. You don't want to have a flag. You don't want to see the the zebra stripes and the ref at front and center calling. We don't want to we don't want to see that, man. As a viewer, as a consumer, paying to go to these games, paying to watch them, we don't want to see that
0: at all. Yeah, and here's the thing. They should never, ever, ever tell us the ref's name. We should never know the ref's name. No one should mention ref's name. They should all be numbers. That's it. They have one job. That, that's to get the game right we should we should really only know a few things about the ref we should never know their names we should know how many times they fucked up a game and we should know which teams they fuck up more than other teams that's all we that's the only stat i want to know and when the ref retires i need to be like ah that number nine he was pretty good that's like all we should know about him there shouldn't be a ceremony we do not give thanks for the referees the referees suck When they retire, this should be a celebration that we're maybe going to get someone competent. We should do nothing in this world in any way, shape, or form to celebrate the referees. We really shouldn't. Your whole job is to get this game that we all watch right. And there's like nine of you on the field. And you can't do it. I don't... I do not care. I want to know nothing about you. I don't give a fuck what you like. You're a number to me. You're nothing more than a fucking number. And every time you get so... Actually... Every ref should get a number, and it should count down from 10. And when they get to zero, and you, get, you lose a number every time you get a bad call. And if you go through the season, you start at 10, and you get to zero, you're out, and they bring someone else in and give them a 10. And that's the way this should work. We should look at them and be like, ah, oh, that guy's a one. He's a one. He's, he's one fuck-up away. We knew this guy was going to fuck us. We should only give them numbers and then count them down. And when they get to zero, they're out of the league. Cause that's all you're like there that for. idea. They get number 10, and then by the end of the season, if they've got a zero, they're just out, and you bring someone else in. I mean, we're admitting this person didn't do a good job. Let's get rid of them. I don't understand it. Um, Takeaways for me from this game, here's my big thing. The Bengals scored 20 quick points, and then six the rest of the way. Now, if the Raiders, really the Raiders went through an insane season, their car on that last drive – Sometimes a player does everything in a short period of time that they're capable of on both ends. Derek Carr leads them down the field for a game-tying opportunity. Maybe game-winning. Maybe they go for two there. Who knows? That They're getting this opportunity to drive down the field. Now, Derek Carr gets them into the red zone, runs up with 30-some seconds on the clock, and spikes the ball. That makes no fucking sense. You run a play there. You've plenty of time to run four plays. Then, at the very end, throws a pick short of the goal line anyway. Nothing quite epitomized Derek Carr than driving you all the way down the lengths of the field to do a real boneheaded spike and then to throw a pick short of the end zone. Two hilariously Derek Carr things that really highlight his limitation as a passer. A guy that you wanna look at and go, man, he can get me the 80 out of the hundred yards, but he's completely incapable of getting you those twenty. Absolutely at his worst getting you those last twenty. Uh, for me the Bengals are gonna go on to the next round. We'll talk about that a little later. They're try they're I think I think they're gonna get their doors blown off, but we'll cover that in a minute next game on the agenda was a fucking full on pantsing the bills 47 to the Patriots 17 Zell. These are your division players. How'd you feel? It was beautiful to watch.
3: Like, I mean, it's not that I like the bills or anything like that. Cause like you said, they're a division, you know, foe, but with the success the Pats have had over the majority of our lives, 20 years, like it was good to see them get their teeth kicked in like that, you know? And, Uh, We called it last week. Well, at least me and Matt did, Um, saying that the Bills were going to win. And Josh Allen came out and he was firing from jump, man. Like, I think there was a stat where the Bills were the only team, I think, in playoff history to not punt, kick a field goal, or have a turnover on any of their possessions the whole game. Like, that's damn near literally perfect (laughs) as you can get. Like, it's crazy just to see, like, Josh Allen's development from his rookie year. I was a Josh Allen hater. I wasn't a believer after his rookie year, even after his second year. But from last year, man, he's he's made some jumps and he's got the talent, you know, and the guy given ability you can't teach. Like the dude's a beast. <laughs> um running the ball, throwing the ball, and he put on a perfect performance. And I was glad to see it be the Patriots and get them the fuck up out of there. So yeah, um dominant performance by the Bills and they're scary going into the next round versus Chiefs.
0: Yep,
2: Nine different receivers caught a pass for the bills and uh Devin Singletary averaged five yards a pop uh, I'm pretty sure that Bill was not ready for that a- and like you like you say Josh Allen dropped his fucking nuts on the Patriots head there's no, this is not really much else to to break down this one doesn't take some intense analysis Josh Allen came out there he took his nutsack out of his out of his jock strap and he put it on the Patriots face and, and it was it was over very quickly very quickly
0: I think this shows the discrepancy between these two teams in all earnesty. Uh, first, hilarious, absolutely hilarious Patriot fans acting like Mac Jones was the quarterback that likes the cold. Hilarious this week. Um, I actually heard some Patriot fans talking through uh, podcasts I've listened to about how Mac Jones was going to be the cold-weather player and, and Josh Allen didn't like it. It uh, Leading into this week, the single the – single uh basically biggest bet I've put on a game all year was on this Bills game. Now I later laid on even more on Kansas City, uh but that was the biggest the biggest bet I made and I really didn't think this was going to be close in any way shape or form and we got to talk about it. Mac Jones is very limited, very limited as a quarterback and I am moving off my Josh Allen hill and replacing it with Mac Jones. I am moving all my hate and disdain over to Mac Jones. I'm going to move off the Josh Allen takes. I still think the guy can make these fuck-ups, but I think that this is the bills. You've transferred league. your hate over. I, I'm moving it over. I'm mo- <laughs> I think Past I texted Mac. <laughs> I I think I texted Leo and I said I think I'm starting to hate Mac Jones and he's like you 100% hate Mac Jones. No, you're not um, starting to hate yeah. Mac. You've
2: hated <laughs> Mac Jones for about eight weeks now. You are yeah. just
0: embracing it more now. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just realizing that it's pure disdain. He can make some strides, but he was not who they were needed as a as a passer that day. Um, The Bills are just in a different class than the Patriots, and I think they're going to run that division pretty handily for the next couple years. Josh Allen seems to be coming into his own, and when they unleash him as a runner and a passer, God forbid, right, quarterback runs, he could get hurt. When they unleash him on both sides of the ball, you're just fucked. They run an RPO where they get you leaning towards the running back. Then he's got you on play action. You turn around on your heels, and you're you're running after the wide receivers, and you turn around, and he's just running behind you. <laughs> and it's 15, 20 yards downfield easy. Uh, the Patriots got beat on all at, all facets of this game. I don't really know where they go from here. Good job by them to get to the postseason, but to, I think that's the, the definitive end to the dynasty. Um, first, we got – we, we got two games of football on a Saturday. Did any of you feel like this whole weekend was just like a, like a blessing? Like it, I really loved the two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and that wraps up in knowing I've got a game on Monday. But heading from Saturday into Sunday, knowing you were going to have a full slate Sunday, how did you guys approach this weekend?
2: Honestly, I was kind of, now it's going to sound like I'm spoiled because we did get football, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah. But but I could have used a, an early slot on Saturday. You know, I found myself on Saturday just pacing around. By 2 o'clock, I'm yeah. just pacing yeah. around the house like, all right, man, when's the football starting? Like, come yeah. on. You couldn't have thrown one of these games in the 1 p.m. slot on Saturday? That's my only complaint, though. Other than that, I, I was loving it. I was loving it. I didn't leave the house. I was at the house the entire weekend just in
3: front (laughs) of the TV.
0: Same here, Zell.
3: Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Like, there are a couple of uh, pods and stuff I listened to that were like, ah, the two versus seven seed. You saw the difference, and we don't need that game. The two, she should have still had the buy. Like, bruh, I ain't going to complain about more football, especially playoff football. I loved it. (laughs) I loved every single bit of it, and I 100% agree with Leo. Like, if y'all could have added, you know, an early slot Saturday, I would have had zero complaints about that too. So, yeah, I'm I'm with it. Hope they stick to this uh, new format too. I love it. Say and, something about yeah, the people
2: that are saying that we didn't need that game that we got, the extra games. <laughs> Liars. Fuck you. Fuck yeah, you. Real. <laughs> like, give me all the, fu- I don't care if it was a blowout. I don't care if Brady yeah, right. did not break a sweat against the Eagles. I still wanted to see Brady against the Eagles. Give me as much football as I can get. Fuck you with the whole, oh, well, did we really date? I mean, Yeah, you'll yeah, see why adding the extra
0: seed is just. Uh, <laughs> fuck out of here. Give me more football. Add an eighth seed. Fuck you. We- Here's the thing. I don't even, I don't even understand how you, you only, people only have that take, by the way, because 90% of the world, 99% of the world loves this extra game. And so you only take that side to get everyone clicking on your article to hate you. That's the only reason why you bring it up, because there's no, there's no argument for it. Like, people want to talk about the two versus seven seed. Like, we're, we're not, we, let's rewind just one week, okay? What did that extra seed bring us? We had the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers playing a division game in which the winner would go on and the loser would be left behind. But they could tie. And if they tied, they would have both gone to the playoffs. Okay, That is what we got leading into this week, which is all thanks to the extra seed. Now, that game went down to the last fucking possible seconds before a tie where, where the Raiders put the field goal up and knocked out their division foe. So eliminate that wonderfully juicy, enthralling, fantastic game from your memory without this. So let's start there. So first, if you have that take, you're a fucking idiot because you don't even watch games because you don't get that game if this doesn't happen. So that game is thankful to this. So that's how we walk into this week. Now, take that into consideration as well and realize that the Steelers, who had to have everything go right to get into this, and it did, and it did, we could have gotten Indy in this spot or even juicier the Chargers. So when I look at the opportunity for this week, the Chargers or Andy would have been way better. But that's what we could have got. So anyone talking like the first week of the first year this is a bust, you don't watch football. I mean, get the fuck out of here with that take. You didn't watch football. You definitely didn't watch o- uh, not Oakland the Raiders and the Chargers play, then you definitely didn't fucking understand that we could have gotten Chargers Chiefs again. So I don't even want to hear it. I was on board with Leo. I was like, I'm going to sleep in late on Saturday so I don't fucking get up and pace around for football. Wrong. I woke up at, like, 10. I was like, that ain't sleeping in shit. I was nervous. I wanted to immediately get in the game. I started breaking it down, listening to pods. At 2 o'clock, I'm out of things to listen to. I'm just watching the pregame. I'm jumping into, like, video games for five minutes, turning the console off, getting back. <laughs> Boy, man, while. I'm like, this is, fucking, this is fucking crazy shit. But... Yeah, anyone with that shit, anyone with that noise is just out of this world stupid. Let's transition to our typical day for NFL football, Sunday. Sunday started out with the Buccaneers and the Eagles, really just—I mean, everyone thought this right. Um, Jalen Hurts can't throw; <laughs> it's it he just cannot throw. Zell, uh, what were your takeaways from this game? Man, Zell was I in up
2: attendance, to, huh?
0: It, yeah, oh, I pulled up. were you? I pulled
2: up, man, I pulled Holy
3: up. Holy
0: shit! Was, All right, go through that.
3: Hey. Eagles fans travel. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they travel. They're wild. They're crazy, man. Like, honestly, when I was pulling up, I was like, yo, there really might be a 50-50 split here. Like, for real. Whew. But as soon as I got in, like, and I was in the club level, too, so I had a good view of everything. I was like, eh, all right, all right. But Bucks fans came to show out. But I'm not going to lie to you. It was a fun atmosphere, but the game wasn't competitive at all. Like, No. I, it was 31-0. Like, late in the game, like, those, the Eagles scored those last two late touchdowns. But at that point, I feel like the Bucks had already taken their foot off the pedal long before. Like, Brady and Mike Evans were back out there like they were playing peewee football, man. Like, it, it just they just made it look so easy. And Jalen Hurts, like, I personally, like, I want to see him succeed um, just because of all the doubters he had as being a starting quarterback in the NFL and things like that. But we saw it a couple weeks ago in that Giants game. And Matt, you had brought it up again at that point. Like when they force him to be a passer and make reads, that's where he struggles. And it's his first yeah. year starting, you know. I think he can, you know, well, fully starting, I should say. I think he'll get better, he can progress. But if he doesn't, your athleticism alone isn't gonna win you, you know, a super or get you to a Super Bowl and win it. I mean, we've seen it in the past. So he needs a lot more progression as a passer. Um, but other than that, the Bucs just cruised. They dominated, man. And, you know, Ray J was live. Everybody was celebrating things like that. So um, we'll see how it is this weekend. I'm going to try to go to this game, too, but I don't know. We'll see what's happening. Nice. But, yeah, Bucks cruised. They didn't need Godwin. They didn't need A-B. They, they were good.
0: Yeah, that wasn't even close. And I'm going to say the one thing about Hurts. He's got to improve on two, at, two, two facets. He's got two fronts he has to improve, improve on. He's got to get better at passing the ball, and he's got to get better at reading defenses. He's horrible at both. Horrible at both and you, like, you have to make one of them a little better. I don't know if he's capable. This is the same shit we've been saying about him all year, and they really did try to put that offense around him. I think they have weapons offensively. They have Smith and Goddard, who I think are good. Um, but I I, I I, think we're, we're kind of lined up on the same path here. They just got to gotta, gotta either move on from Hurts, or they're going to have to start looking at a replacement uh, sooner rather than later. You know what I was
2: thinking watching the game is that, all right, and I know that it's probably a lot of coaching and game plan and the way that he's coached, but for as athletic as Jalen Hurts is, I don't feel like he takes off and runs enough. Like, I would see him roll out of the pocket, and then, to me, you got a couple yards available that you could take, but then he'd throw like an off-balance pass that wouldn't quite make it to his receiver. And I'm like, look, Jalen Hurts, you are the most athletic guy probably out there for either side of the team. Uh, Like, why not run more? That's what I was thinking. Like, if the pass isn't working, I would like to see him just take off and run, pick up the 10 yards, pick up 15, you know, make small chunk plays if you can. But, like, I I just didn't really understand. Zell, maybe you can give me more insight because you were actually there, but... I I know the Bucs were trying to contain him on the run, but I saw him Mm -hmm. on multiple occasions roll out of the pocket and, to me, have room to take off, and he just wouldn't. And I was just like, what's the point of being uber-athletic if you're not going to take off?
3: Right, right. And that's something I feel like they did during the regular season, like embraced him doing that. I just don't know if it was this game, if it was the the playoff bright lights, because you're right. You know, when he did roll out, he definitely had some room to go pick up a lot more yards, and we've seen him do that. So... I don't know if it was a game plan thing to where they were like Sirianni and those were like, hey, you know, try to pass more or it was just the him thing trying to do that. But he definitely had room to use his legs a lot more. Um, and I feel like when you have a quarterback who has that ability, like embrace it, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they should embrace it. He can get better as a passer. We've seen quarterbacks do it. Lamar got better as a passer. Josh Allen got better as a passer. You can improve your accuracy. You can improve your, you know, um, the way you read the field and things like that. But he, he, he could have, but he just didn't do it. So
2: um, I know he's not the same level runner as Lamar, right. but in that same situation, Lamar would have broke that defense in half a couple times. Easy. Easy. And that's winning yeah. plays
3: you make, though. Regardless if
0: you're doing it with your, you, you know, your arm or your feet, make winning plays. It's the playoffs. Come on, though. They did key on it. He was he ran the ball eight times for 39 yards. They were getting after him. That Normally you see a quarterback rush for eight times, it's for a lot more yards than that. They were on him. They knew what they wanted to do. They said if we shut down, and they did, they shut down that run game. Sanders rushed the ball for seven times for 16 yards. They, they got after him. They said, you're not running the ball. And Hurts, you're not running the ball. And when they finally started to open it up and let Hurts kind of take those running plays, it was too late. Uh, yep. it's 17, nothing at half. When they get out of half, it becomes 31, nothing. So it, this game was locked up and then they locked them down. They didn't actually start moving the ball at all until the fourth quarter when Tampa Bay gave up the flag. Truth is, I don't think there was anything Hurts was going to be able to do. Uh, it's just a tough spot. You say, Hey, you know, you're not a rookie, but first playoff game, go on the road and play Tampa Bay. And they got Tom Brady. It right. <laughs> just wasn't going to go. Like, you know, we're just asking too much. We'll see how he improves. Um, all right, next game up, we get into the blunder. The Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers Ooh. square off in Dallas. Ding, ding, ding. What a fucking and, – and we called this. Some of yeah, y'all did. can
2: go ahead and shit on me. Go ahead. I'm ready. Look, you, <laughs> the
0: the biggest problem is you look at one side and you go Dak, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, um, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard. I should have mentioned Tony before Zeke. He's the better running back. You look at that. You look at Mika Parsons. You look at some of the pieces that they have on the defense on the Cowboys side, and you go – Man, that's real enthralling. A lot, of names, look a,
3: a lot of names.
0: A lot of names. No coach. And that's what this came down to. For me, this was no coach. Mike McCarthy is a terrible coach. I mean, I don't even know how you begin to defend him. Uh, that that QB sneak by Dat Prescott was one of the stupidest, <laughs> dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Jesus. You, when he took off running, do you think the 49ers looked over on the sideline and were like, uh, okay? Like, sure, have it. You know, like like and then Mike McCarthy goes, Yeah, well, we practice that. You you practice that? <laughs> you practice that. We're serious. You, you, you admit that? You admit that you guys go, hey, two-minute warning, let's run the ball for 30 yards, and then that's just it. You know, you can get the same effectiveness kneeling down that you can with that play. That play has the same outcome whether you kneel it or you run that play. And, and if, if you're down and the play is kneel it or essentially kneel it, you need a better play. I think it was hysterical that they did it. Talk about some galaxy brain shit. Um, Zell, we were on the same track. This was a funny Garoppolo game, too. He threw a pick at the end to be like, oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, make that game closer than it has to be. But what are your takeaways?
3: I, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly. Mike McCarthy has proven <laughs> that time after time when he's put in a position to succeed in the playoff atmosphere, he's going to fuck it up. If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers back in 2010, he would not have a Super Bowl on his resume. And he's the reason that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have more, a majority of it, for his (laughs) coaching blunders and staff and shit. So I'm not surprised. You know, like you said, we were on the same tune. I just thought the 49ers strength, um, their own line, just in the trenches on both sides of the ball, their run game and Shanahan as a play caller, um, no Elements, playing in Jerry's role, playing in the Dome, and Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel shined. All Jimmy G had to do was not have too many turnovers, which is exactly how it played out, and they won. Um, I, I don't know about y'all. I want to bring this up. But I know y'all probably been hearing about Kellen Moore, the OC for the Cowboys, getting, <laughs> getting all these head coaching uh, the yeah. <laughs> opportunities, and he's going to have all these interviews. <laughs> I, 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 we just named all of those weapons they have on offense. Yeah. How is it that going into the fourth quarter, C.D. Lamb
0: has yeah, yeah. one target uh, like, or one
3: play drawn up for him? And, like, how are you not using him in the slot yeah, yeah. where he's most effective? I don't get it. Do y'all get it? I don't understand. The,
0: it's, on the other side of the field, we got Debo Samuel running the ball 10 times for 72. He's a wide receiver, by the way. He's a wide receiver. And exactly. we got him ten times for seventy-two. They got Brandon Ayuk out there catching passes, uh, Debo Samuel, and, and we love all these guys. Elijah Mitchell, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball to him, and, and on the other side you've got this weapon factory. But you know, Kellen Moore, that guy's got to be a fucking genius. I well, mean, he came up with the
3: like he's the next. McVay. Oh I don't my get God!
0: It. Oh I don't that get guy! It. Oh he has got to – and I got to look over there on the sideline. I got I'm gonna say something a little mean he looks like a fucking idiot he physically looks like a fucking idiot you look over on the sideline he's got his mouth hanging open and he's just breathing heavily into that microphone and Dak Prescott probably thinks it's crowd noise but it's just Kellen <laughs> Moore
1: <clears throat>
0: he wheezing into his fucking mic like an ogre guard in a swamp and I can't believe the Dallas media is the funniest fucking thing in the world You are giving all this credit to these guys who have done jack shit, and you're the only, the only favorite to lose this weekend. Congrats. You guys shouldn't be getting, uh, be honest, you should all be getting new jobs. Not in the NFL, but, you know, a different job. Mike McCarthy can go, and I don't know, he probably worked for PFF. They love making up shit. He could go, he'd be like a general manager <laughs> in PFF, just making shit up, giving rant giving decibel numbers on shit. He'd love that Kellen Moore, God, the offensive offensive guru, Kellen Moore. <laughs> the
2: Bro, fuck I'm we fucking doing, believable. Man. The whole reason that I picked the Cowboys was because I thought that there is no way that the 49ers can score enough points to keep up with the Dallas offense. What hey. I what I didn't factor in. <laughs> is that the Dallas offense was going to fucking suck. Like, what suck. was that? It was terrible.
0: <laughs> they got yeah. beat everywhere. Here's another big thing. 14 penalties. This is the biggest indictment of Mike that you could ever have. Yep. yep. You came into this game, and you had 14 penalties at home. In excu- Some penalties breakers are- too. Handing them oh. first downs. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing right. False start after false start. Where are you guys playing? You think you're in, like... You know, in San Francisco, you're at home. And then the icing on the cake, when it comes to the fine details, the Dallas Cowboys are the worst organization in sports when it comes to the fine details. How about that stadium and that light that shines in and blinds the piss out of his of Jerry's own team, Unbelievable. and they can't. <laughs> oh, it's perfect though. Of course they didn't think about that because they're worried about shit that has nothing to do with football. Good Always,
3: point. good point. Yeah. That
0: is Dallas's entire mantra. They are worried about shit that has nothing to do with football. The only good thing, the only good thing to come out of that game was Dak Prescott for some reason being upset with the refs and saying that the fans who were throwing bottles at the players, so the fans are throwing bottles at players, and a a reporter tells Dak that they weren't aiming for the players, they were aiming for the refs, where Dak basically responds, oh, well, then good. Along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. Now, first, hilarious that Dak Prescott is asking for the referees to be pelted with shit. Firstly, they should have been pelted with shit, but that's every single game. Secondly, once again, you get to the end, and Dak Prescott takes no credit for the fact that he ran up there like a goomba and ran the running play to end that game and blame the ref. They were trying to set that ball themselves like they do at practice, because they didn't even fucking think about football. They thought about how cool it would look. Because everyone goes, you got to throw the ball, got to throw the ball. They go, no, we don't. We're going to run it, and we're going to be successful. That's what they thought. They thought they were so fucking smart that they were going to outwit football through 100 years of football. And in reality, they forgot that the refs have to spot the ball. They forgot the basic fundamental that starts every single play. The ref must spot the ball. That is a fact that has existed forever. The ref has to spot the ball, and you don't practice it. And that's what's evident, is you don't actually know the ins and outs of football, Mike. You are given a Lamborghini, and you leave it in the driveway. But you tell everyone you got a Lamborghini. You tell everyone how fast it is. You like showing it off. Hell, sometimes you go out there, and you get real greasy, and you wax that motherfucker up. But at the end of the day, you don't know how to drive the car. You don't even have gas in the car. And you can't tell us anything about it except its fucking color. So... This is a guy who gets the keys to these beautiful cars, doesn't know how they run, never driven them before, talks a big game, can't execute any of it. On to the next fucking one. Night game we had, really total stinkerooner. <laughs> uh, this was up until that Bills, the Bills game was a very large bet I placed. The Kansas City game was double that. Uh, this was a huge game. I didn't think the Steelers would have any shot in fucking hell. The Chiefs went 0-5 on their first five drives and were down 7 nothing. From that point on, they went on to score 42 uncontested points, essentially. Holy shit. Leo, you watched this game? You I did. That, the nightcap.
2: I, I watched it until halftime. That's what I'll tell you. Because yeah. <laughs> I had uh, I had a nice little bet on Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. Oh, and God. after the first quarter, I'm watching the TV like, no way. I'm going to lose this one, too. <laughs> I, I yeah. just threw away some money. Like, why did I even bet? I should have chilled. I just lost some money. Like, why did I do this? And then the second quarter comes, and Mahomes hits the bet in one quarter. And, yeah, and one so quarter. I look at the TV. I salute. I salute Mahomes. I say, Big Ben, it was nice seeing you. And then I moved on with my Sunday night after that. So anything that happened in the second half, I cannot tell you. Uh, but that, that first quarter made me nervous. I, I thought, you know, when yeah. T.J. Watt scoops up the fumble and scores a touchdown, the Pittsburgh Steelers go up 7 nothing. I'm like, oh, fuck, they might do this. Uh, and then Mahomes and Kelsey were like, no, no, relax, relax. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the Kansas City Chiefs scored 35 points in 10 game minutes. So. shit unbelievable yeah. bro yeah. it's like they're yeah. just like
3: sitting back chilling and saying like i already right, go for real now All right, cool let's yeah. start it up. <laughs> like let's start it up um it, it's travis kelsey is the only player in nfl playoff history to catch a touchdown throw a touchdown and have over 100 yards receiving in a game like jesus it, bro it, it, he was throwing touchdowns in, in the red zone like he was mahomes like i yeah. I, I just think it was yeah i, I was in and out like as soon as like they start they ran up that score I kind of had it on in the
0: background and was bullshitting around so
3: yeah I'm not surprised about outcome
0: yeah this was easy you know I've been saying it I watched the Steelers for the last couple weeks I've watched every single snap that Ben took that guy was as cooked as a quarterback can get he didn't think he'd get this far so when he was coming out this week and he's like we don't have a shot and the rest of his team's like what are you talking about and then it's a the truth Like, Ben, this was Ben's last game. He goes, look, I thought this was over weeks before. Um, I'm glad I made it here. But you guys are out of your mind if you think we're winning this game. I mean, this (laughs) game starts with Mahomes throwing a pick, then them getting a fumble recovery for a touchdown to make it 7-0. And then before that quarter ended, they were down 14. So, like, everything went your way, and you got clobbered. I uh, uh, to me this is this game and the bills game which guess what these teams are going to be playing each other you can't take anything away from their opponents this is what they've done to bad teams all year long they played two bad teams and that's that's what we know um leo anything of that or we'll flip to the the really the the final game of wild card weekend
2: nah it was nice knowing you Ben see you
0: later yep Hey, I will say this. My entire football cognizant life, I grew up from hating that man to loathing that man to having an understanding with that man to a level of mutual respect. Um, I grew up with the Steelers beating the Ravens three times in a season. Three fucking times. And uh, us then playing multiple years of always losing to Ben and that guy was a magician who really doesn't get the credit he deserves for his career. What he did early on was remarkable. I can't tell you how many shots that guy took from us, and he kept playing through. Bart Scott tried to put him in the grave once. Heliodi Nada broke his nose. Also, that was not that that play was not flagged when Heliodi punched him in the face. Essentially, um, the man was an absolute gamer with football. He went out as a gamer. Uh, This really, for me, does leave me with a bit of sadness. This is what my football cognizant life was grew up on. It formed the Ravens and the organization they are, um, and it definitely means a lot to the NFL in general. The Ravens-Steelers games was a must-watch no matter what team you liked, and that was probably for a good eight years. It was a must-watch, and then two years ago, three years ago with Lamar, it sparked it up again. Uh, it was short-lived because Ben was on a downward trajectory. But Ben Roethlisberger, the best quarterback taken in that draft class. Unequivocally, it is not close. Two-time Super Bowl winner, 100% gold jacket, first ballot. Ben, I wish you well in the rest of your life. I'm glad I'm fucking done with you. You tormented the absolute shit out of me. When, when I, I was at the Ravens game, that he uh, took over for, I believe it was Tommy Maddox. And I was watching that game, and after two plays, two fucking plays from Ben, my dad turns to me and goes, this guy's going to be real good. He's a problem. That was two plays. Now we're almost 18 years later, and he's finally leaving my life as an NFL player. So good riddance. God bless Ben Roethlisberger. Not – not well, now I'm upset he's leaving. But, you know, long time that guy tormented me fucking year in and year out. Rams Cardinals. Said. Yeah. 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 Well, Look, well put. It was a lot. From it a rival fan too, well put. It, it, he, he formed a lot. I owe that guy a lot. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Rams. St. 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 Louis oh, Rams. Jesus, I went all the way back in time. Uh, the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams. Uh, we're going to start the Kyler Murray can't play. Kyler Murray can't throw. Kyler Murray can't win. We're going to start that. I mean, I heard it from Lamar before he even took that first playoff snap. Um, I'm expecting Kyler Murray to get that too, right? That's just equally fitting that a guy who gets blown out with 11 garbage points only in his, his, his playoff uh, debut against the Rams, he, he just is absolutely terrible. Is that fair? Is that fair of me to want Kyler Murray to be dragged through the mud? You want that same energy to be kept, huh? <laughs> no. I, I, look, I truly don't care for that energy. Um, I think it's stupid energy. I but right. I, just want, I just want to know where it is. <laughs> I don't want to know where it is. I, <laughs> I'm that's not those. i you know, looking for that shit. As, as Lil Wayne said, I ain't looking for the beef, but I ain't seen it in a while. And and that's how I feel about this. Where is it? Where's the hate on Kyler? We made excuses for him. They got absolutely mollywopped against a team. You know, the the Rams had so few safeties available, they signed Eric Weddle, Yo, who last was that. taking snaps. Was he fucking retired? T- two years ago, he retired. Two years. Two. Then he's playing with the Rams as their starting safety, and you can't get anything going against a team with no – I saw what people did against us. and we went out. We were down seven people in our secondary, so a little different. But – You know, no starting safety is a guy signed off the back of a milk truck, and you get whipped up and down by Matt Stafford and company. Can't do anything right. Zell, what were your takeaways here? First off, my
3: biggest takeaway was how the fuck about Cam Akers, bro? Oh, This man tore his Achilles in July, in late July, and he was back out there a couple months later looking like, it, it never happened. Like I, I I'm just blown away. Like it, it's crazy. I've never seen, has we ever seen? Yeah, the no, major no. sport Come back from an Achilles injury that fast. No, like, no, bro. No, Clay, I know it's a different sport in basketball. Like, you know, you, you know, you're using more, you know, torsion, explosion and things like that. But we just saw Clay Thompson and Katie sit out damn near two years. <laughs> with, yeah. Uh, a torn Achilles. So props to him, man. That is some Wolverine level type healing shit. He's, He's a beast. But other than that, really, I mean, I picked the Rams to win. I'm not surprised. Stafford only had yep. to throw the ball, what, uh, like seventeen <laughs> times? Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah, they, they figured themselves out. Yeah, they sure did. So uh they stepped up to the plate. The Rams, you know, you got a first time coach in the playoffs, first time quarterback in the playoffs. Your honest your best weapon, D hop, has been out and he's been in games like this before. You ain't have him, so I'm not surprised by it. So um, I don't know about Cliff's future. I think he'll be back next year. But I feel like, you know, we were just talking about Kyler getting all of this. I feel like Cliff is getting a lot of the heat. Um, and people are kind of cooling on it with Kyler. So that that's what I've seen so far as far as, like, you know, media and take back today. Cliff is getting a lot of that pressure coming his way.
0: Leah, before you jump in real quick, let me let me just say that the only thing I can think of that reminds me of the Cam Akers injuries when T.O. broke his leg and then sat out right. the playoffs and came back for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. That, mm-hmm. was, that was crazy shit. The other thing is with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, first, I've been very adamant through the years that I think that the GM there, I think it's – Keith Climb? Klein, yeah, Klein. I know it's something. Climb, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, that he is a scumbag. He's gotten multiple <laughs> DUIs while in that front office. So uh, I think he's a scumbag. He's the one who hired Josh uh, – drafted Josh Rosen, turned around, dumped him for Kyler. I think that was the right move. But let's actually look at Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury got fired from his college job and then landed an NFL job. So – I don't I can't remember a time where someone got fired from a college job and then moved up into the pros. So you know, if this turns out to be a bad hire, which I think this guy has now squandered the talent that was available and thing the bill is going to come due now for the Cardinals. I think they squandered their opportunity this year, started seven nothing. You the the, the the pile of shit that we're gonna lump on Cliff Kingsbury is not just deserved, but it's It's historic. This guy got ran out of town. This guy, you know, you you wonder why no one heard of Patrick Mahomes until he blew up. I wonder who his college coach was. Could it be Cliff Kingsbury? Cliff. So, you know, this is a guy who obviously has some smart minds and can talk the talk. But so far, cannot walk any part of the walk. His teams fall apart in the second half once people understand what he's trying to do. I don't think he elevates anyone on that field. And I don't think he can coach his way really into any type of success. And it's crazy that he was fired in college. Um, Had Patrick Mahomes, by the way, was fired in college. And now here is running a professional organization. Just think that's a little fucking crazy. So I'll say that back out, Leo.
2: No, they wasted my fucking time last night. We can move on. Let's not waste more of my time.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Let's go. All right. Uh, on to the next round, and we have some humdingers. Uh First up, which let me just say, this is so disrespectful to the Titans. This is so disrespectful to the Bengals and the Titans. They're going to play, once again, the first game, 4.30 p.m., The Bengals are going to go to Tennessee, minus three and a half of the Titans. I am going to put a significant wager on the Titans to win this game. I think three and a half is way too low. I don't know how the Bengals will get above 21 points this weekend, and I struggle to see the Titans scoring less than 30. So that's where I stand. Titans 35, Bengals 17, Leo, you're the Titans expert. What do you got?
2: You know, I kind of... Uh, I, I approach these Titans games with caution just because I've been hurt so many times. I have P- PTSD when it comes to the Titans. But that being said, I feel good. I feel good. It, it, it's really going to come down to whose defense shows up. I mean, we have we know the numbers with Joe Burrow. We've seen him. We know the numbers with Jamar Chase. We know the numbers with T. Higgins. But... All that being said, I, I I feel good about this one. The Titans defense has been operating at a high level for five or six weeks now. Um, I saw a stat, and I don't remember exactly who tweeted it, but I saw something to the effect of the Bengals have now played for 11 straight weeks, and the Titans have had two weeks off in the last like five or six weeks. So the Titans should be the fresher team. I mean, coming off a bye, you know, you assume that they're going to be the fresher team. Uh, It's going to come down to... My confidence level is going to depend on Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry, if this game, if the first snap of the offense is taken and I see 22 in the backfield, confidence is sky high. If they take that first snap and I see Deontay Foreman back there, confidence is high, but not sky high. And so... Uh, I'm going to wait and see. Let's see if if Rabel can cook up a good plan and get some pressure on Burrow, only rushing four, and... And I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope for the best. you know. I, I'm not as confident that this is going to be a 17-point game for the Bengals. I do think that the Titans are going to be able to move the ball because I just watched Derek Carr somewhat be able to move the ball up and down against the Bengals. And if Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro can do it, then I'm guessing Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones can get a little something popping. So, yeah, I expect a shootout. Uh, some like a a thirty one twenty four type of game is what I'm looking for here, but I got the Titans dub. You know I got the Titans dub, so yeah, that's yeah. where I'm landing with it.
0: Zell, you going the other way? Yeah, I'm going to
3: go the other way. I'm finna I'm finna cook up a little upset. You know, um, Oof. the I've been rocking with the Bengals, man. I I can't I can't jump ship now. I've been rocking with them for majority of the season. Uh, they've been holding down when I've been picking them in some upsets and things like that. So I'm I'm gonna just rock with them. You know, I don't feel great and confident about that. You know, y'all bring some valid points. And with the main key being Derrick Henry, if we see 22 in that backfield and if he takes them first couple of handoffs and he's looking fresh, rejuvenated, healthy, I'm going to be like, yeah, it's not going to look too great for the Bengals. But I mean, as of right now, I think it's still a toss up. They haven't, you know, confirmed that he's playing or if he is playing, if he's on a snap count or what, but, um, I mean, I'm picking the Bengals simply for the fact that I fucked with Joe Burrow. I've been fucking with the Bengals all season. I like their offense, and I'm going to just stick with it for this one.
0: Yeah, I got to say this. Uh, they said that Derrick Henry was would have been able to go week 18 if they needed him. He, the Bengals have a defense, and the Raiders tried to get into it. He was tough. The, the Bengals have a secondary that is soft. And I really wish the Raiders would have stuck with the ground game early on. They panicked. They didn't really start reverting back into that ground game until the second half where they started to make that comeback. Uh, it It was a mistake to panic when the Bengals were putting it on them early. They adjusted and settled into it. These are not the same teams. The Tennessee Titans have literally better players at every single position on offense. If you name a position, the Titans have better weapons than the Raiders. If you go to the defense, except for Max Crosby, it's pretty much universal that every player on the Titans is better than what the Raiders. And if you go to the head coach, I like everything that Skarniecki did. But Mike Vrabel is the coach of the year. The Bengals are going to be going into a well-rested, physically strong-minded team that has overcome adversity. They're not going to come out, I think, looking flat. I think they're going to come out fucking hot. I think the Bengals are going to get a little worn down early on. I think this game turns into a landslide. I, I, there's not a single position that isn't upgraded when you look at the Titans and the Raiders roster. And now the Bengals are going to have to play them in Tennessee. I just... I. I'm I'm all over the Titans as big as I can get.
2: I think I have the answer to our Derrick Henry question here. As you were talking there, I decided to do a little Twitter search on Derrick Henry just to see what things are looking like. It's looking at like at practice today, Derrick Henry was fully padded up, taking handoffs from Ryan Tannehill, and taking hits from our starting linebackers. So uh, I'm guessing he's ready to roll. Uh, I'm guessing he's at 100% because he's... He's moving these defensive linemen, and I don't even know why they're hitting him that hard in practice, but because they're the ones taking the punishment.
0: <laughs> they are hitting him in practice because that that's just what I was saying about Vrabel. This team isn't going to come out slow because they didn't play. They are playing in practice because they're going to be playing on Saturday, and Vrabel knows that. He would rather risk a minor or major injury getting his team ready, who has rested now for two-plus weeks. So I think that it's time. you got to get Henry into it. The, the Titans' defense needs to be sure-handed when they tackle. If they do that, they keep the Bengals' yak down. If you keep the Bengals' yak down, the offense is limited. We saw that in the second half. You can get after Joe Burrow. Titans in a massacre of. Unbelievable proportions. Next game Saturday, January twenty second, eight fifteen. Jimmy Garoppolo ascends into the upper echelon of Green Bay lordom. He is going to go into the frozen tundra, and I do mean frozen. We are talking sub five degrees, I believe, at the end of like the second half of this game. And and everyone, you might get some snow. chance of snow on that day. Let's hope it increases. Packers are coming off a bye, and they get everyone back, apparently. Bakhtiari's coming back. uh, Was it Jair Alexander's coming back? Zadarius Smith's apparently coming back. The 49ers can run the ball. The Packers can do everything else better. Zell, who you got? A-Rod. A-Rod and Tay Adams, man. Uh, I
3: picked the 49ers last week, but... Not this week after what you just described, them elements and who the Packers have coming back. A-Rod and Tay Adams.
0: Liam?
2: These teams played in week three. The Packers won by two. And Devontae Adams had 12 catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. So. I'm expecting about the same this week. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it'll be a close game. But ultimately, I think that Devontae Adams and A-Rod, that connect, is going to be live and ready. They got a week off to rest. Uh, I expect an explosion of points.
0: Yeah. I think the Packers win this game again. I I think they're going to end up around the 30s. I, I don't know really this game is limited by if jimmy garoppolo throws one or more interceptions then every interception jimmy garoppolo throws i think that's five points for green bay so essentially if jimmy garoppolo has two picks that's going to be a 10 point win for the packers if he's got three picks you're going to be looking at 15 that's about where i put how many points his each pick he throws is worth I think that the 49ers are going to try to run the ball down Green Bay's throat. I think they're going to be pretty successful with it. I don't know how they're going to do in the red zone. I think that the Packers are going to limit them to around 21. I think this is another blowout. and. I think we saw this last year with the one seeds just putting it on people when you turned up to them. I think you're just going to get that again. They are the one seed for a reason. The Packers and the Titans both have similar themes here. They're not really being talked about a whole lot, but they did just get healthy. These might be the healthiest teams right now after struggling through massive injuries all year long. Sunday rolls around, and Sunday, set your your clocks, okay? The first game is at 3 p.m. So you're gonna wake up, you're gonna get ready for one o'clock, not at one o'clock. Two o'clock's gonna feel like absolute misery. Two thirty, you're gonna be on the edge of your seat. Three o'clock, the Rams and the Buccaneers tip off. The Buccaneers are currently minus three. Everyone keep an eye on Tristan Wirf's their right tackle, and Ryan Jensen, their center. Both of those players I think are questionable. If they can't go, Aaron Donald's gonna eat Brady alive. For this reason. I'm leaning towards the Rams. Zell, talk me out of it. Are you leaning that way? Also, I might be plastered by 10 a.m. If I'm
3: going to this <laughs> game, <laughs> if I'm pulling up in person, I might be, you know, plastered. Yeah, but I like the Rams too. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to yeah. lie. Um, Wurfs and Jensen, if like you said, if they're out, Wurfs has been, he's arguably been the best right tackle in the league since he's been there. Um, he was an All-Pro this year. He's elite. I wanted the Jets to get him out of the draft two years ago, but that's a whole nother topic. Anyway, um, that'll be a huge loss for them if he doesn't play. Donald, Bon Miller, um, Floyd, those guys will eat. I just like the way the Rams are playing now. Um, they With Akers back, that's another element to their run game. Odell, as majority knew, was not the issue in Cleveland. He still got it. He's still explosive. You know Cooper Cup's going to do his thing. Um, I just – I don't like to bet against Brady. That's why I won't be putting money on this game. But for pick's sake, I'm going to go with the Rams. And if I am at that game Sunday, people will be walking out of that stadium sick. Like, it, I don't see a lot of Rams fans being there. Um, I don't think they travel that well. But no, they don't exist that well. Right. Uh, it, 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 the atmosphere is gonna be crazy, I, But I'm I'm picking the Rams, man. I'm picking the Rams, and what is an upset? I think Tampa Bay is yep three point favorite. So
0: three and a half, yep, yep.
3: Oh, three now, nice. Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Look, Leo. man.
2: God nice. himself could descend <laughs> from the heavens. I could watch God come down from the heavens into Raymond James Stadium and place his hands upon Matthew Stafford's shoulders <laughs> and say, Go get a W, my son. And I'm still taking Tom Brady. I'm still taking Tom Brady. I'm not betting against him. I told you that loud. I've been telling you that all week. Death, taxes, LeBron James, Tom Brady. I'm I'm the guarantees in life. I'm taking Tom Brady now. If if half his offensive line is missing, then I may change my tune. But Run that back. as long as he has his offensive line, I got Brady. I don't care. I, I do not care. Matter of fact, someone could come to me from the future and tell me, "Hey, the Rams win this game," and I'd say, "No, fuck you. I'm taking Brady." Yeah, you a lie. You a fucking right. lie. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I'm rolling with. I'm rolling with Tom. I don't care. Uh, Nothing can change my mind other than if you tell me that his starting center and his uh, starting left tackle, worse plays left tackle, right
3: tackle, right tackle. Yeah, He's right. He's, tackle, right, right he's on the right side. Okay. Yeah, so right if you tell right.
2: me his his right tackle and his center are done, then uh, maybe I change my tune. But as long as they're out there, I'm taking Brady.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Whereas I really think that Saturday's games are going to be blowouts, and maybe that's why the NFL put in this way. I think these Sunday games are going to be close. Tom Brady getting eliminated and having like a Rams-Packers playoff. Actually, that'd be great for me because Matt Stafford going into the cold of Lambeau is absolutely delicious. Um, but I, I'll i be rooting for the Rams to win this. Just I don't even know why. Um, but I don't know. Going to be close, 148.5. Going to have to keep an eye on the injury report. And that brings us to Armageddon. The Buffalo Bills are going to go to Kansas City, and the over-under for this game is 55-and-a-half. I, I got to say, when I looked around, the only team that I thought that might have a chance to beat Tennessee wasn't Kansas City, wasn't Cincinnati. It was the Buffalo Bills. And they played earlier this year, and it was fucking close. I think we're going to get a rematch of this. I'm predicting the Bills to win this game, and I, I, I this is going to be insane. I think they win by 10 or more. I think the Bills put it on the Chiefs. So, uh, Leo, this is who I think you're going to play next. Break this down.
2: Uh, I got the Chiefs. I mean... I just feel like I got to stay consistent. This whole year, I've been saying that Buffalo's good, not great, and I'm going to stick with it. I, I think that Mahomes is the better quarterback in this matchup. Uh, yeah, it's more of a gut feeling, uh, to be honest with you. I, I just like the Chiefs. I, I don't have a, a great analysis or breakdown on why I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, if you told me that Josh Allen went into there, into Kansas City, and threw four touchdowns. And got a W, I would not be shocked. But ultimately, I think that the Chiefs are going back to the AFC championship. I think that it's going to be Titans-Chiefs, a rematch of two seasons ago. I hope that it's Titans-Chiefs because I want that rematch. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Mahomes. He went for 400 yards, four touchdowns last week. I think he's going to have another monster game this week. The Bills' defense doesn't worry me against the Chiefs. So, I think it's going to be a shootout. You say the over-under is 55. I might go over, to be honest. I think that these teams could both go into the 30s. Uh, But ultimately, I think Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, and now all of a sudden, Jarek McKinnon, uh, I think that they're going to be the ones to get it done.
3: Zell? Yeah, man. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, too. And it's mainly just because... I think Mahomes is the better quarterback, too. Uh, I mean, I did say earlier, you know, Josh Allen's made strides and improvements, but the Patriots' offense and the Chiefs' offense are at two different ends of the motherfucking spectrum. So I think, it's like you said, it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I I can't bet against Mahomes in an AFC divisional round game. I I don't – regardless of how much better the Bills are playing right now, and I know they lost to them and they were all – You know, I I think Diggs at the end of last year, he stayed on the field and watched the Chiefs celebrate um, going to the Super Bowl and all that. I I just, I I don't think they'll get it done. If the Bills do win, I wouldn't be surprised, but, you know, just staying consistent, how I feel about Mahomes, Like Leo just said, all of a sudden you you insert Jarek McKinnon in there. It doesn't matter what running back that they have they They seem to be able to catch passes, fill the running role for what they want to do. And the Chiefs are just too explosive, man. Like, At any point, they could just score 28 points in a five-minute span, and it's just, boom, like that. Um, Yeah, so that's that's why I'm going to stick with the Chiefs and pick them.
0: I didn't move off my hill of Josh Allen for no reason. This is a passing of the torch from Holmes (laughs) to Josh Allen. Woo! I think... What I have now seen over the last three weeks from Josh Allen is as good as you can possibly, possibly imagine for a quarterback. Running the ball, throwing with velocity, throwing with accuracy, completing passes downfield striking fear and disorganization into brilliant defensive minds like Bill Belichick who have no answer for him they saw him three times this year and without that fucking crazy hurricane weather they would have beaten him like a drum three fucking times and you don't really beat Bill like a drum like that and he did and he did twice they saw it on film they came back and he walloped them for forty. That was that has stuck out in my head so much that I can't get rid of it. It has shaken you. the belief I had in Josh Allen yeah, boy, Josh to change Allen all my mind. Mm-hmm. Now I am a Josh Allen truther. I am going on the other side, and I will be equally venomous. Josh Allen will go into Kansas City and squash the Kansas City Chiefs, by 10-plus points and walk out of there into the Nashville-Tennessee Titans for the AFC Championship game. That's where I'm at, and I'm not budging. I am on this hill to die now. You know, at this
2: point, the Titans have beaten both of those two teams. I watched the Titans beat the Chiefs. I watched the Titans beat the Bills. So it's... We just got to get past the Bengals, man. If we could get past the Bengals, I feel great going into the AFC Championship. And that's something that, well, I want to say I didn't see it coming, but I did see it coming. So, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Just get past Cincinnati because whether it's Josh Allen or whether it's Mahomes, I want that. I want it.
0: I think the Titans and Green Bay are going to Super Bowl. You all know I have a bet on that. Any parting thoughts, gentlemen? Zell? Nah, I think we summed up everything good. Um, Another
3: great weekend of football. Um, sad it's dwindling down to the end, but I think it's going to be another great yep. weekend,
0: man. Yep.
2: I pray to God that we can tackle T. Higgins. Or not T. Higgins, I'm sorry, Jamar Chase. Just please, <laughs> please. Not. I hope that all they did this week was practice tackling because – You said they did. Well, no. no I mean, you, I see them trying to tackle Derrick Henry, but it's, uh, they're <laughs> practicing today.
0: tackling. They're practicing tackling. I'm just saying.
2: Okay. Well, I just hope that they can get it done on Saturday uh, because if they can, I've been feeling good about the Super Bowl since the preseason. As you guys know, I have never seen a Titans Super Bowl. And, well, a Super Bowl win. The The last time that they were in the Super Bowl, I was like fucking eight years old or nine years old. So, yeah, yeah I, I just need that. My soul needs that. And, and I just hope that – at least I could get that AFC Championship rematch against either one of these two teams. So praying to God that Jamar Chase doesn't do some ridiculous, like 200-some yards. If we could keep him and T. Higgins under 100, I think the Titans are going to be in that AFC Championship, and it's going to be played in Nashville. All right. Take us on out of here. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. I know we normally peek behind the curtain a little bit right here at the end. I don't really have much for you guys this week, though. I will be on vacation enjoying uh, my honeymoon, actually, here uh, for the next couple weeks. So hopefully Zell and and Gordo will hold you guys down. Um, Other than that, if you guys are looking for some NBA content, there should be a John Morant video up on pick and scroll youtube at pick and scroll um by the end of the week uh, i'm gonna commit to that actually i was about to back out and say maybe maybe not no i'm gonna commit to it right now by the end of this week there will be a video up on the youtube about ja morant uh nothing too analytical nothing too in-depth just me watching some Jaw and reacting to it because ja morant's fun to watch so again thank you for listening to the pick and play show i'll see you guys in a few weeks
1: Little tune, flow sinister. I'ma finish Many men gon' need ministers. I'm a men in them. Enemies, I'm the enema. I'ma shit on them. Just like my keys, drop my genitals. On a dinner work, my thoughts I keep confidential. It's consequential. Philosophies unidentical. I'm not in here. My Siamese brother Benjamin. That's how I stick to him. These diamond bees, all BBs. I call them biblical, Skating underneath a bridge. Stay hustling as it is. Make money, feed the kids. Ain't nothing in the fridge. Wake up, repeat the sins. Eight blunts, I need a 10. Stay muddy till the lid. 8 hundred D. Yeah, alright, my flow sinister. Yeah. This ain't right.